In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome back to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to live and teach the Catholic faith to the people that we encounter, whether they're our family members, friends, or, or strangers, people that we don't know. Um, and sometimes that can be challenging to teach it and live it. Um, so uh, we pray that this podcast is a blessing that helps people do that. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Mickey Seba, and I am a catechetical specialist here for the St. Philip Institute, and then my co-host. I am Deanna Johnston, the Director of Family Life for the Institute, and we have a special we guest. We have a very special guest. On this episode. <laughs> um, if you're watching on YouTube, you've already seen, we've got um, my executive assistant, uh, Leo Maximilian, <laughs> who was born in January. Um, so we're going to see how Leo does on his first podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> this is the first time we've been back together doing a yeah. podcast in quite some time. Yeah, so. it's going to be great. So if you hear little baby grunts or other <laughs> <laughs> bodily noises, just know that it's probably Leo and not <laughs> Mickey yeah. Fry. Which <laughs> so. is uh, his little amens. Right, his right. little amens. Agreement. Little, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um, what we're talking about in today's episode is divine mercy. So what is mercy? Uh, we're going to begin with some scriptural passages about um, that describe God's mercy or parables. Uh, we're also going to look at the devotion to the divine mercy um, a little bit with um, what Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. So we'll talk about all about mm-hmm. all about that devotion. And then we're, go- we're going to end with some practical advice on like really how yeah. to adopt a life of mercy. Exactly. And I always feel like in these episodes, I just have to put a disclaimer, like not perfect. Um, works of mercy in progress. Amen. You know? Amen. Yeah. And when this episode comes out, it will actually be right before the Triduum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Divine Mercy Novena begins on Good Friday leading up to the second Sunday of Easter, which is Divine Mercy Sunday. So hopefully this will give you the inspiration to to start the novena um, and also just some context for what do we mean by divine mercy and how to actually live that out, like you were saying. Absolutely. So let's just dive right in. So what is mercy? Um, There were two Bible verses that just talk about the importance of mercy. So um, in Matthew 5, verse 7, uh, it's in the Beatitudes, um, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And then the one that um, I really like, too, is in Luke 6, verse 36, and it says, Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. So almost like a command, so that it is a way of life that we are supposed to live. And what it, what does mercy look like? Like, what is mercy? Um, if you look up in the glossary of the catechism, it says that the mercy is the loving kindness and compassion or forbearance shown to one who offends. Um I was also looking up, and my little kids have a Works of Mercy booklet for kids, and I love the way that they put it. It said, um, mercy is a special way of loving. It is doing something good for one who is suffering. 
When someone does not have the good that God wants them to have, they suffer, whether it's in their bodies, their minds, or their souls. And mercy is about approaching and seeing that suffering and bringing the goodness that God wants to be in that situation, so bringing that into the situation. Mm. So whether it's someone's lacking the goodness of um, food or drink, you give them food or drink. If it's someone who's lacking the goodness of the knowledge of God, like bringing bringing that into it. And so I just loved how this book described mercy, bringing the goodness of God into situations where it's lacking. and also in the catechism, there are two references that talk about the importance of mercy. And it says in um, 2040, paragraph 2040, the mercy of God prevails over all of our sins and is especially at work in the sacrament of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And not quite on topic, but one of the things that I just want to stress is that God's mercy is most evident in that Um, and his sacrifice on the cross, but Mm. that constant call of repentance to forgive us of our sins is present in reconciliation. So if someone has not been to confession all Lent, or if it's been a little bit, I can't encourage people enough that that is an encounter with God's mercy, Mm -hmm. Um, because our sins lack the goodness of of God, right? Mm -hmm. And so seeking forgiveness in that is important, because uh, the church implores the mercy of God, and God makes his mercy evident through the grace that flows through the church in her sacraments. And um, in paragraph 1037 in the catechism, it says um, that the church implores the mercy of God who does not want any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So mercy is like an answering of that call to approach God's Mm. love and his kindness and his compassion, that he does not want any of his children to go astray. So hopefully that just provides some um, inspiration that God wants us, even in our broken state, like he fought for us, he died for us. And one of my favorite um, stories in scripture that really display God's mercy is the parable of the prodigal son. Mm. Um, And, you know, where the this one son, he takes his inheritance, um, leaves his father's house, goes and lives a life of sin, realizes that, man, this is not how it should be, returned to the father and had a whole speech prepared mm-hmm. for um, basically taking ownership of his sins and saying, but can I just be a servant in your house, right? Um, I don't deserve to be called your son. But before this son could even get that out, the father runs to him, embraces him, and is like, my my, uh, son was lost, but now is found. And um, I know I've been quoting the catechism a lot, but I think the words in there are better than any summarization (laughs) that I could give. And so there's a beautiful section um, in paragraph 1439 that talks about the parable of the prodigal son. And what it says is, uh, the process of conversion and repentance was described by Jesus in the parable of the prodigal son, the center of which is the merciful father. The fascination of illusory Uh, freedom, the abandonment of the father's house, the extreme misery in which the son finds himself after squandering his fortune, his deep humiliation in finding himself obliged to feed swine, and still worse, at wanting to feed on the husks the pigs ate. 
His reflection on all he has lost, his repentance and decision to clear himself guilty before his father, the journey back, the father's generous welcome, the father's joy. All of these are characteristics of the process of conversion. The beautiful robe, the ring, and the festive banquets are symbols of that new life, pure, worthy, and joyful of anyone who returns to God and to the bosom of his family, which is the church. Only the heart of Christ, who knows the depths of his Father's love, could reveal to us the abyss of his mercy in so simple and beautiful a way. And I just, I guess I love that story because it encompasses all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fact that, th- that the, the merciful father did not have a long lecture prepared, right. but runs to his son. Right. And sometimes um, that's hard to imitate. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Especially when when we know that there are people who have made choices and suffering the consequences of choices and and extending mercy to them. Right. But I also, too, think that sometimes we also find it difficult to receive the mercy Mm. that God Mm -hmm. has for us. Like we can get stuck in our guilt or stuck in the shame of the things that we have done. Right. Or don't know how to return or don't even know what that return is going to look like. Exactly. Um, and there's another story. This feel, I feel like it's story time. <laughs> there's another story. Um, it's actually based on a true story. Um, and I heard it by someone who was giving this talk. And um, I'm going to read some more because it's really good. But it was this, it's a story of a dad who came to rescue his son. son. It happened in Armenia. Um, on, in 1988, there was a bad earthquake that struck the northwestern section of Armenia, killing over 25,000 people. Uh, In one of the small towns, just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened. Um, There was no sign of life, um, but he had no thought of turning back. And he often told his son, no matter what, I will always be there for you. So the the father began to just remove all of this rubble from where he thought his son's classroom was. And um, some people told the father, it's hopeless. There's no way anyone could have survived this. Um, Go home. No one can be alive here. Uh, And then he said, nope, can't do that because I've always made a promise to my son that no matter what, I'd be there for him. So this dad dug through the ruins of this school for eight hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours straight. And, and we're not just talking about little pieces of stone. I mean, like boulders and, you know, big pieces yeah. of concrete. And um, then in the 38th hour, uh, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Um, so he, he moves this, this uh, big piece of rubble away, and he sees the face of his child. And the child's voice responds, <sighs> Papa. Mm. I get teary-eyed every time Ooh. I every time I hear sw- this story. Start putting tissues on our table for right? these podcasts. Um, but he goes, "Papa." Mm. Then he looked at the other kids from his class who had all survived. They're sort of in this mm-hmm. little pocket, um, and yes, they were hungry and mm-hmm. scared, but they were all safe. And he looked at them and he said, "See, I told you my dad would come." Mm. Isn't that, gosh, I feel like a waterworks over here. Yeah, no, that's, Um, oh, what a beautiful example of, like, the relentless love of the Father. 
Like mm-hmm. God's love. I mean, if, if a dad can do that for for his child and, you know, just thinking of what we would do for our own children, mm-hmm. how much more so <laughs> does God want us and desire us and want to save us? And, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, that story gets me every mm. single time. But um, I think what it shows, at least for me, what I see in that is like um, this, this father is not giving up. Right. right, right, and um, and this love of this dad is the love of our heavenly Father times infinity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no one who can love as much as God the Father does. Exactly, and um, to know that God is always there, saying, "I'm I'm always going to be here for you, mm-hmm. and I want to have this relationship with you. I mm-hmm. want to give you the goodness that I have planned for you." Exactly. And, um, and all of us find ourselves in lives that are broken. Mm-hmm. Um, we all encounter suffering. We all have fallen short of what God has called us to. Um, and, and disorder can happen in that. And it can be messy and difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. And so, but real, I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. Um, the simple solution is that we embrace the mercy that God wants to extend to us exactly. and this mercy is um is so clearly shown in the sacrifice of christ on the cross exactly um he was guiltless sinless but he takes on our sin dies for us so that we could hopefully right enter into the heavenly kingdom be like papa right mm. and um i just for me those stories display what mercy is and sometimes we can give a definition but for me I was like I just need I need to get it yeah and those stories of the prodigal son and the stories of his dad is what I see that just speak to me like when I knew we were going to do this episode on Mm -hmm. mercy those two just immediately came to mind oh for sure and as we enter into the triduum it's it's like even more so we should be reflecting on that aspect of God's love his divine mercy because that's that is the outpouring of love at three o'clock on good friday god gives us everything christ gives us everything and he holds nothing back and that seems to be the message of divine mercy that god is god is love and that Mm -hmm. his love is bigger than our sins and i love how you were saying like with the the prodigal son and, and the return um the father does not have a speech prepared, and I think sometimes where we are afraid of going to confession, or we're afraid of approaching the Father and saying, "You know what? I messed up." So, like, my sin is so big, God. My mm-hmm. sin is so big, and and God just comes back to us like, "I'm bigger." <laughs> God's love is so much bigger than our sin, and the temptation is to think that nope, I my sin is my sin is too too deep, or or my wounds are too great. Um, but God's mercy is so much bigger than all of that. And it can be difficult to trust God yeah. with that. It can be really difficult to to surrender that to our Lord because, you know, Satan just wants us to cling to 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 the lie of, of who we think we are or yeah. to listen to that lie um, that we're that we are unworthy. And yeah, we we are we are undeserving of God's love, but that God's love is so much bigger than yeah. that. And he gives it to us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he gives it to us anyway. Um, there's nothing that we could do to um, to, to earn God's love, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. So, um, so yeah, as we enter into the triduum and celebrating that great sacrifice that 
of Christ on the cross and how that saved us, that that moment is, that covers so much. Yeah. So, so much. Yeah. And and, um, one of the things I also want to mention is this is why Catholics have crucifixes everywhere and not Mm -hmm. just a cross. That if we... If we had to pinpoint a moment, a picture, like if we we were creating um, a scrapbook of the life of Christ, Mm -hmm. if someone were to ask us, what is the moment where Christ displays his mercy, his love for us um, most completely? There it is. There it is. And so the the crucifix is that constant reminder of God saying, I'm giving this to you and I know that you can never repay me. Exactly. And that and that that is a part of mercy, right? Giving that goodness of God to people who can never repay you. Mm -hmm. Um and and it's an it's a selfless giving um of your life for the good of another. And uh, and Jesus does that most perfectly in the crucifixion, and so exactly. that's why we have crucifixes everywhere. Exactly. So when we see exactly. that, we see an act of tremendous mercy exactly. that God displays to His people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so hopefully that gives us a little bit of an idea of sort of what mercy is, why it's important. Hopefully diving into really exploring God's mercy in our lives. Also, in his great goodness, Jesus also gives us all of these other tools to help us grow in um, our knowledge of divine mercy and our devotion to that. So um, there is a devotion. I know you're talking about the novena. Can Mm -hmm. you kind of explain to people a little bit about this divine mercy novena, um, where it came from? So St. Faustina is... Um, like the Secretary of Mercy is how she's kind of referred <laughs> to. That. And she was the first saint that was canonized in the, the new millennium. And uh, she's my patron saint for my confirmation saint. I, I was actually confirmed a week after she was canonized. Wow. Um, so it was just really cool how that all lined up. Um, but just some a little history on just who St. Faustina is, and then we can get into more of like the, the chaplet and what Jesus was saying to, to St. Faustina, but it's always really cool to look at the lives of the saints. And more often than not, you see how God chooses like the least likely candidate for, <laughs> for something. Um, and St. Faustina was not someone who was highly educated. Um, I was reading that she had like three, um, three years of simple education. Um, and yet she has this huge diary <laughs> full of her conversations, yeah. <laughs> her conversations with our Lord and Christ gave her specific instructions for how to proclaim this message of divine mercy. Um, so many people might be familiar with um, the the diary of St. Faustina, um, which is great. I've never read it cover to cover. <laughs> I haven't either. But it has some incredible conversations between her and our Lord, her and our lady, um, where he's explaining just the depths of his mercy and like, I can't even do it justice um, without just reading what's what's in in the diary. Um, but she she's a young, uneducated nun. Um, she ends up with the Congregation of Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Poland in the 1930s. And um, 
I would highly recommend um, that folks pick up um, a, either a book or a talk by Father Michael Gately. Um, if you have formed, um, that's a subscription to form through your parish. Um, there's a video series, um, but there's also just a, a, a simple um, like one hour talk by Father Gately. And he explains how like the crucial role of Poland and um, how uh, God's mercy um, was really proclaimed through saints like St. Faustina, um, St. Maximilian Kolbe, um, St. John Paul II, how they're all connected and how they're connected to like Our Lady of Fatima and how this message of divine mercy is huge and very um, appropriate for the times that we live in. Uh, But basically, um, to make a really long story short... um, Christ comes to to St. Faustina and he says, you know, I want you to to proclaim this message of mercy. And he gives her the instructions to have um, this image painted. He appears to her and he has these two rays of light coming from him, um, uh, blue and red, right? Or is that white um, uh, rays? And um, he gives her instructions for what to write on the bottom, which is Jesus, I trust in you. And basically her three tasks as the secretary of mercy um, are one to teach the truth about God's love, like what we were talking about before with scripture and and how God's love is proclaimed, uh, but that God's mercy is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that yes, God's justice is a real thing, but God's mercy is, is a real thing. And he has this deep desire to just outpour it on all of us. Um, the second task was really entreating God's mercy for the whole world. Um, so if you're familiar with the Divine Mercy Chaplet and the prayers that we pray, we're really asking for God to just cover the world in his mercy, remembering the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, um, and that that moment can just be an outpouring of mercy and a gift for everyone, um, that God would hold nothing back. Um, and so we have things like the image, the chaplet, um, the novena, um, and then Finally, her task is to proclaim this message to the entire world. And I mean, this is an uneducated nun in Poland in the early 1900s. And um, looking at the details of her story and and how God worked with her, and she endured a lot of suffering. Because I mean, if you just show up to someone and say like, hey, Jesus appeared to me and (laughs) and he told me to paint this picture, people are probably going to look at you a little funny. Yep. (laughs) And the, the the physical sufferings that she took on, I think she died at 33 um, of tuberculosis. But yeah. even just the persecutions from among her her congregation, people kind of thinking like, ah, she's just she's just being holier than thou or or whatnot. But kind of a common theme among among uh, lots of the saints. But looking at the diary and um, just reading how how God is is so desiring to outpour his mercy and what that actually means for us, that it's not just like, oh, pray this prayer and then you're good, good. Yeah. but it's actually a way of life to, to live out this, this message of divine mercy. Um, so we have um, the Feast of Divine Mercy, the Image of Divine Mercy, the Novena, the Chaplet, the Hour of Divine Mercy, um, and uh, just how all of those things kind of are God's way of reminding us of the gift of mercy um, and what the effects of that are. What an amazing story. I don't remember how old I was when I first heard of 
St. Faustina. Um, I mean, I may have seen my churches um, having the, you know, on the Feast of Divine Mercy, having the image, but it just didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't click. And I don't, again, I don't remember when I was really exposed to her full story, um, but I picked up her uh, diary and I started reading it. Mm. Just like you, I've never made it through the whole thing. So I think I've made it up to page 200, which sounds like a lot, but there's like, it's, it's only like a third of the book. <laughs> right. And so whenever I'm like, oh, I need to pick it up again, I'm like, I think I really should start from the front. So I have different color highlighters and pens. When I start from the front, you can tell mm-hmm. when I started reading it because it's like different color highlighter mm-hmm. or yep, notes. same here. <laughs> um, but it is. It's fascinating and it's beautiful. And um, I know not everyone is watching is watching this on YouTube, but for those of you who are, this is the image that Deanna was talking about. Mm-hmm. If you are just listening to this and um, you're not on YouTube, I highly encourage you to go and look at, if you're not familiar with what the image looks like, mm-hmm. to look at it and study it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think would be really great is maybe highlighting a few points from the image that really stood out to yeah. us. And um, one of the things that I read with the with the rays um, that are coming out of the heart of Jesus. So it's coming mm-hmm. out of the heart of Jesus. Yep. And um, the rays signify blood and water, which poured forth from the side of Christ, uh, from the crucified Christ. Mm-hmm. The white rays represent the water, which makes us righteous. And then the red rays, um, the blood, uh, which is the life of souls. Mm-hmm. And that they are and I don't remember where I heard this, and I don't know if it's necessarily true to this image, but these are these are graces that are flowing out. Right. And basically all we have to do is to make ourselves <laughs> make ourselves available yeah, to those things, um, to those graces and and to look at right. this image. And you really have to look at this to see um, this other part, but there is Jesus is taking a step towards mm-hmm. um, towards us, mm-hmm. and um, the the fact that Jesus is always in pursuit, He is always in pursuit of us, right? Mm-hmm. So even if we are like, no, no, I don't want to be found, He is still taking these heavy boulders and and He is searching for us, exactly. And um, exactly, and for me, that just shows like from I know it's just like one foot stepping forward but for me it's like that is the symbol of him. he is fighting for me mm. that he will do whatever it takes for the sake of my soul exactly. for our relationship and and two it also reminds me that I too am called an imitation of Christ to take steps forward towards those who are around me right That's also extending that mercy and that love and we do, um, as most of the stuff we talk about is as moms, mm-hmm. right, uh, and wives. And so, um, so this also means for me that I, my first obligation is to my husband and my kids. Uh, and then, of course, anyone else who uh, God puts into my path. But um, it's amazing how sometimes the frustrations in the home <laughs> can be uh, – well, they can just be big. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, the idea that we are mean is to the people that we love, love the, the most. most. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so when I see this image, the, fi- the fact that Christ is stepping towards me, even in my ugliness and my sin, and he knows that I am broken, mm-hmm. and he is still stepping towards me. Exactly. And the idea, too, that 
when I am dealing, especially with my husband and my kids, right, the idea of stepping towards them in mercy and love and, and imitating that kind of love in my home, first and foremost to my husband and my children, um, is my first obligation. Yes. Uh, which can be really challenging right? to do. Right. Yeah. But I think that's where, like, depending on God's mercy is what gives us the the strength to, to do that. And I also, I think you pointed this out to me, that in the image, Christ is moving. It's like he's moving aside his cloak so that mm-hmm. those rays can come out. Like, he really wants us to, to soak all of that in. Um, and then at the very bottom of the image, we see the words, Jesus, I trust in you. And Christ explicitly told um, St. Faustina to make sure that those words were at the bottom. Jesus, I trust in you. And I I think on, on the surface, I, I wouldn't necessarily put trust and mercy in the same like category or like yeah. why like what what does trust have to do with mercy? Um, but the more I was reading about it, um, really what what Christ is conveying through the through his conversations with Saint Faustina is that trust is the vehicle by which we can experience God's mercy. If mm-hmm. I don't trust God, how can I receive it? And there's a I think Father Gately um, had made this image of, you know, if you need water, if I need to go to a well and and get water um, for my home, I'm not going to just take like a little cup and like, <laughs> and then say, oh, this is sufficient. But I want to take the largest receptacle that I can so I can take that back to, to where it's needed. And mercy is, or trust is that vehicle by which we can experience God's mm-hmm. mercy. Um, <laughs> Leo says amen. Um, and... Uh, and it's that's a that's a powerful thing for us, and it takes a lot of humility to experience mm-hmm. God's mercy, and um, a lot of just surrender to to the fact that you know, like I I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself. Right. Um, I can't pull myself out of you know the darkness of sin. Um, I our vocation as wives and mothers, as you were saying, I can't do that without God's grace. I can't mm-hmm. do that without. Uh, God's mercy and the fact that that phrase Jesus I trust in you that that is a powerful prayer for us and regardless of, of which um, state of life that we're in because it's really like the ultimate I surrender everything Jesus I trust in you I trust that you will um, work out every little detail that I don't understand mm-hmm. I trust that you will get me through this you know this time of darkness or even just the simple things like Lord I have four kids under the age of six. <laughs> Jesus, I trust in you. <laughs> yeah. says things things can feel chaotic, um, but to be able to to rest in those rays of mercy, mm-hmm. to to experience um, just that that depth of God's love, like that is the message of divine mercy that that God is trustworthy and He is a Father who always keeps His promises. Yeah, and one of the things too that if you look at the image, you still see the um, wounds mm-hmm. in the hands of Jesus and. And um, when he's opening up sort of the cloak where the rays are coming from his heart, like for me, this is what I think of when I see those. First is that we're not going to pretend like the suffering didn't happen. Right. Um, that they are there. And the idea that he is showing his heart, mm. right, that that Christ, Christ really did hold nothing back. Right. Completely vulnerable. I mean, um, in all of his suffering. And I think, too, that speaks to us as humans that... 
I think sometimes in our faith, we try to pretend like everything's fine, Mm -hmm. that there's not a problem, Mm -hmm. or we're either scared or hesitant to show our wounds. Or or maybe we are embarrassed to talk about our wounds, Mm -hmm. but I think that if we hide them, or we pretend like they aren't real, Mm -hmm. then we forget the role of suffering in redemption. Yes. Uh, That we forget that this this act of mercy through Christ um, came about through immense suffering on his part. Mm. And um, so when I see those wounds, it, it also gives me a sense of like courage to like, I have them. I am wounded. Mm-hmm. They are there. Mm-hmm. The people that I'm around are wounded. Right. Um, sometimes I may see their wounds and sometimes I may not. Right. But the idea of like unveiling your heart Oof. and allowing the love that God is giving to you, right? And um, and then you're allowing yourself to receive that, but also become vulnerable and like show that to others. And I right. think that that is probably a key in also learning how to live a life of mercy is, um, and I didn't, I did not print out this uh, paragraph from the catechism, although I should have, but it does talk about that um, in the relationship between sin and mercy. Mm-hmm. One of the things it talks about is the importance of admitting our sins, yes. admitting our woundedness yep. and all the effects that that has caused and like approaching the mercy of God with humility. Yes. And so, I don't know. Um, you but when you I just th- unpacked a, a lot <laughs> there, which is really beautiful, because I think one of the things that you mentioned, like with suffering, I think the image can also be, or just the message of divine mercy, but suffering, that takes on a whole new meaning for us as, as Catholics, mm-hmm. because we realize that we can unite that suffering to the suffering of Christ, and that it can be like redemptive. And that's probably a totally different <laughs> podcast episode. Um, but like looking at the image, like Christ, Christ's wounds are like radiating from mm-hmm. him. And one of, I think one of the, the things that we can take away by reflecting on, on this image. And again, with that, that Jesus, I trust in you at the bottom, that we can entrust our woundedness to Christ. Mm-hmm. And he is going to transform those wounds into something powerful. So that, as you said, like people, people can receive something from that. People can experience God's love through, through the witness that, you know, we can, we can offer. Um, but it is uh, making ourselves vulnerable or entrusting that woundedness to, to Christ. And sometimes it's a physical suffering. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's emotional um, but being able to, to allow Christ to transform our wounds so that we can receive everything he wants to offer us. You okay, dude? Okay. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that, that, that is, that is powerful. That's yeah. Powerful. Yeah. And I think, um, sorry, his little amens got me, um, <laughs> lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Mom brain. Oh, that's what I was saying. Um, is that, yeah. So what you're saying is that because what God wants to do is infuse his goodness into that suffering. Yes. And so, um, whether it's in body in mind mm-hmm. in soul. And so when we accept that, um, we're asking or we're being receptive to receiving the goodness that God just wants to pour into us anyways, right? Exactly. It's already there. And so, but also learning that through this suffering, it is trusting, and this is, I've been using this phrase a lot, trusting in the goodness of God's plan. Right. Instead of just like trusting that God is good, because sometimes when people are suffering, it's hard for them to see like, 
but this doesn't feel good. Right. This is actually terrible or it's horrible right. or I'm in a state of, I feel like I'm in a state of misery. Um, and I'm sure Jesus, right, the agony in the garden, that's what it's called, the agony in mm-hmm. the garden. And he's like, Lord, if this can pass by me, that'd be great. But not my will, but your be done. Mm-hmm. Yours be done. And I think that that is the key to the Jesus I trust in you. Mm. Like, Jesus, I know I know and I trust that you are going to infuse your goodness into this situation. And I may not like how this process feels, but I trust in the goodness of your plan. Because what God's plan always wants to bring about the greatest Mm -hmm. good for our souls so that we can be united with him for all of eternity in heaven. Amen. Amen. And with the the divine mercy, do you want to talk about the feast and yes, Novena? Yes, I do. Okay, yes. cool. So Father Gately, in in his books, he has these really cool ways of like remembering all the aspects of divine mercy, and one of them is the word Finch. So F I N C H. Um, so feast, image, novena, chaplet, and hour of divine mercy. Um, and so F for feast. Um, so in our Lord's conversations with St. Faustina, he says, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the feast of mercy be a refuge and a shelter for all souls and especially poor sinners. And all throughout the diary, Christ emphasizes that the greater the sinner, the greater you are deserving of my mercy, which like you wouldn't you wouldn't instinctively think that but the greater the sinner the greater you are deserving of my divine mercy um and that Christ would establish this feast where we're celebrating that very thing and so he says that the soul um that will go to confession and receive holy communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment on that day are opened all the divine floodgates through which graces flow let no soul fear to draw near to me even though its sins be as scarlet. And again, that whole message of be not afraid, mm-hmm. trust in Christ with every part of ourselves, even even our sins. And Christ always wants to forgive us. Christ always wants to, uh, to draw us closer to himself. But he's saying that es- especially on this day, especially on this Feast of Divine Mercy, um, that he wants to, to just outpour all the graces and that mm-hmm. all we have to do is is approach him and it's and it's very simple to to celebrate the the feast of divine mercy like you're encouraged to to pray the novena um but simply going to confession ahead of time receiving holy communion and really reflecting on god's divine mercy um and it's very appropriate that it is the the um the first sunday after easter um that that we reflect on on all of this um and i love that he says um where is it okay my mercy is so great that no mind be of it be it of man or angel will be able to fathom it throughout all eternity like this is this is so much bigger than anything that any of us can can conceive um and on this day in particular god just wants to to outpour it um, and so you got the feast, and then you've got the image of divine mercy, which we've been talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and people are encouraged to venerate that image. And of course, you know, venerate, not worship. It's a 
Catholic caveat, right? So to, to define our term, so venerate means to to hold in a place of honor. Yeah. 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 And um, to, to use it as a way of reflecting on God's mercy, so to have it in, in our homes. And I really encourage you to, to grab a Divine Mercy prayer card. If you don't have one, email me. I have a thousand in she my really office. She really does. She showed me her stock. <laughs> I think I can't remember which website. I, I think I got it from the Marian Fathers, but um, but please let me know, and I'm happy to mail you a, uh, a prayer card. But to be able to, to have that prayer card on hand um, or to have that image in our homes so that as we're dealing with the chaos and the the brokenness of you know being a human being, <laughs> um, that we can surrender everything to Christ's hands. And again, that message of Jesus, I trust in you. Like sometimes that's the only prayer we can pray. Yeah. Like I don't have any words, but Jesus, I trust in you. you. I yeah. just I trust all of this to you. Um, and then with the novena. Um, this is what you would begin on Good Friday, and we can put a link in our show notes to where you can find all of the prayers. Uh, but uh, in the diary, in his conversations with St. Faustina, Christ really makes it explicit that he wants to outpour his mercy to everyone. And in this novena, it's like nine different people or, or audiences that um, that Christ says, I want you to pray for these folks. So can I go through Absolutely. Like, just briefly like yeah. what each of the days are? So on day one, bring to me all mankind, especially sinners, and immerse them in my mercy. Day two, the priests and religious. Day three, bring to me all devout and faithful souls. Day four, bring to me those who do not believe in God and those who do not know me. Day five, bring to me the souls of those who have separated themselves from my church. Day six, bring to me the meek and humble souls and the souls of little children. Day seven, bring to me the souls who especially venerate and glorify my mercy. Day eight, Bring to me the souls who are in the prison of purgatory. And day nine, bring to me the souls who have become lukewarm and immerse them in my abyss of mercy. And after each of those um, where he says, you know, bring to me this person, um, he explains, you know, why. And um, what's really neat with when you reflect on each of those days or, or each of those intentions, we all know folks who have fallen away from the mm-hmm. church. We all know folks who, who don't have a relationship with Christ. We all know priests. We know religious. We know little children. Um, we, we pray for those who are in purgatory. We pray for those who, you know, are lukewarm or, you know, just don't care about, about the faith anymore. And it just covers everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, no one can escape God's, God's mercy. mercy. <laughs> so there's, there's specific novena prayers and then you play the chaplet along with it. Um, and, um, I don't know, do you want to talk about the chaplet at all or, or I think for the sake of, maybe yeah. we could just mention, um, yeah. we can leave in our show notes how to pray a chaplet of divine mercy. Yeah. But I do think just to talk about, um, the major prayers that you will pray. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost as if you would follow the, uh, the rosary beads. Uh-huh. So you start off with saying, "In our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Creed." Mm-hmm. Uh, the Creed, not a Creed. The Creed. Any Creed. And <laughs> <laughs> our Creed. And um, and then on the Our Father beads, it is um, 
Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. The eternal father. And you're the one. Yeah, eternal father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. Mm -hmm. And for each of the, what would it be, the Hail Mary beads, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to say, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Mm-hmm. And one of the, th- just a personal note, one of the things that I do when I'm praying the chaplet, if the, if there's a specific person, um, I'll say that. So for the sake um, of a sorrowful, sorrowful passion, have mercy on, and I'll have the name, mm-hmm. and then on the whole world. Oh, nice. Um, and so sometimes I'll dedicate a whole decade to that one person, mm-hmm. or if I have people in mind, um, have mercy on so-and-so and on the whole world. Nice. It just gives that little personal... Um, touch because I know we all have people who yeah. we know yeah. um, who we would like to offer those prayers yeah, for. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I used I used to love the the chaplet because it is a it's like five minutes. <laughs> it's fast. <laughs> and, and if you're given the option when you're a little kid, uh, do you want to pray the rosary or the chaplet? It's like chaplet every time. <laughs> um, but God used it. God used it. But I, I have these memories of, and it was before Saint Faustina was canonized or anything. But during the the triduum, um, we would pray the chaplet or sing the chaplet mm-hmm. of Divine Mercy, and I always remember thinking that it was such a, a beautiful prayer. Um, and, uh, it's very easy to pray. It's very, very easy to pray. Um, and that kind of connects to the next piece, which is the hour of great mercy. Mm -hmm. So Christ, as he's giving, uh, St. Faustina, the instructions of how to, how to pray the chaplet, um, how to do the novena, he talks a lot about really reflecting on his divine mercy during the three o'clock hour and how powerful that is, um, that in that moment, his mercy just poured out to to everyone but did you have other comments on the the hour yeah one of the things and so as we were preparing for this so for a while a while ago we were like yeah we want to do one we want to do a Mm -hmm. podcast on divine mercy and so really that's what i've made my lent Mm -hmm. is really diving into saying a chaplet every day um and sometimes that hour of great mercy can be um like at three o'clock, uh, especially if your kids are going to school, usually that's pickup time, mm-hmm. or you just got home and they need snacks or homework, or I don't know. It can just be sort of crazy. And so one of the things that um, I've started doing is I set my alarm for three. Mm-hmm. If I can pray a chaplet, I will pray a chaplet at mm-hmm. three. If I can't, um, and it looks kind of weird um, if other people are watching me, but I'll put my hands out like mm-hmm. Christ on the cross and just say, Jesus, I trust in you. And if that's all I can do at three, or if you're holding a baby and you can't do that, just the idea of like, okay, um, image of of Christ on the cross, a showing of his mercy, and I'm just going to say, Jesus, I trust in you. And so um, that is something that I have taken on as my prayer part for for Lent is really trying to dive deep into the hour of great mercy. Yeah. Um, so I've set my alarm to go I off. I love that. I love that. And there's um, there's some extra prayers before and at the end of the, the chaplet, but one of them uh, that you can pray before you get started um, is from the diary where it says, A blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. And I think Jesus even says, you know, if that's, if that's all you can pray, if you can't play a full chaplet, just praying that simple prayer um, and reflecting on that and, again, tying it back to that trust and that outpouring of mercy. Um, 
yeah, just really embracing that. And in the diary, he says, I will refuse nothing to the soul that makes a request of me in my virtue of my passion during that hour. Um, so that's a that's a powerful thing to, to really pause and reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if even if you don't do the entire novena of divine mercy, maybe on Good Friday, just really making an intentional effort to 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 really reflect on on that gift um, at three o'clock. Or if you wake up at three to nurse like <laughs> like I do, <laughs> um, that can also be, <laughs> I think, a, a good time to, to reflect on God's mercy. So can, real quickly, um, yeah. can you review the, the Finch thing yeah. one more time? Pop quiz. Okay. okay. So feast, <laughs> image, novena, chaplet, hour. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. And one of the things that I also want to point out is that there are many churches who make the feast really easy to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's already on a Sunday, so you already have Mass and you're receiving communion. Um, confessions are offered right. either on that day or um, right. the day before. Um, and then most churches at three will hold, they'll have the image, um, they'll pray a chaplet at three. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think many um, Catholic churches have really taken to this devotion yeah. and try to make um, easier for yeah. the faithful to do so. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I know we're, we're starting to wrap things up, but as we really think about ways of living divine mm-hmm. mercy, it can be in very practical ways. Like we've talked a lot about you know, being able to trust God with every aspect of our lives, being able to trust God with our woundedness and our sins. Um, But in the diary, Christ even speaks of specific moments where reflecting on his mercy can be especially powerful. And one of those moments can be um, praying the chaplet uh, when someone's dying, Mm -hmm. because that moment is intense. Um, And uh, if you've ever you know, I've, I've never been with anyone when they've when they've passed, but um, that that can be a, a pretty crucial moment, especially um, depending on the, the life you've lived. There there can be a temptation for fear um, in those final moments. Um, but Christ talks a lot about you know in the hour of someone's death um, to pray the chaplet because he he himself will be present and just outpour his mercy and. Um, one of the ways that, you know, our, our family has, has, uh, experienced that my, my mom had shared this story with me that when her dad was, was dying, um, she had put up the image of divine mercy in his hospital room and her dad wasn't Catholic. Um, but she had this great grace of being able to be present with him, um, in his final moments. And she noticed at one point that he was, he was getting a little agitated physically, and he just seemed to have this panicked look on his face. And she said, you know, dad, look at the image, just look at the image. And she stood up and she started praying the chaplet with him. And, um, as soon as she finished, um, the nurses, were about to come in and she looked at her dad and he just had this calm on his face and the nurses came in and um, he passed within a few moments of her finishing the, the, the chaplet. And for her, that was such a powerful reminder of what she had, what she had heard all of these years about Mm -hmm. divine mercy that, you know, like praying it at this moment is crucial and and we're encouraged to do that. Um, But again, even if, 
even if we can't do things like, you know, pray it with, with those who are dying, just thinking about the, again, another thing stolen from Father Gately, um, the ABCs of divine mercy, you know, A, ask for God's mercy, be not afraid, ask God's mercy. God wants us to approach him. Mm-hmm. God wants us to surrender everything to him. And we also need to ask God to outpour his mercy on the whole world. Things can be a little crazy and overwhelming, <laughs> um, but really interesting everything um, into God's hands. Be be merciful <laughs> that we have to put this into action. Um, and just as Christ is merciful to us, you know, especially in our own vocations as wives and mothers. Um, and I, I definitely sense how this is challenging. The more, the more kids <laughs> I have and chaotic the house can get, um, that instead of trying to be that like sort of justice um, <laughs> as a mom, but to really have that heart of mercy um, with those around us and then see completely trust Jesus. completely trust Jesus and uh, everything, everything. And I know that's one thing that we had talked about as we were preparing for this, you know, do I really trust Jesus with every part of my life? Mm -hmm. Do I just trust him with the good stuff or do I trust him with my finances, Mm -hmm. with my fertility, with, with those things that, with my struggles, addictions, whatever, do I, do I completely trust that Jesus has it all under control? Um, and the more we trust Jesus, the more that we can receive and experience that, that gift of his mercy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things too, that I wanted to talk about, um, as we get, get close to the, our into the chariot moment. But one thing I do want to mention is that, um, especially as, as moms, um, and wives, like God has given us these human relationships with people in our homes and that we are called to be channels of God's mercy, that uh, that God's mercy can pass through our heart mm-hmm. to every soul that we encounter. And um, one of the things that Father Gately wrote in um, one of his books is, uh, and he wrote this about um, moms, and he says, I believe that God's first picks for this solemn mission of being living images of divine mercy, his desired special ops, are mothers. Um, it requires an enormous amount of effort behind the scenes, lots of think- thinkless self-sacrifice, and involves work that isn't very glamorous. Mm-hmm. So 3 a.m. morning feedings mm-hmm. or diaper changing or mm-hmm. – and just to um, – just to really try to live in the mentality of like, okay, I'm going to try to make my home and the people who are closest to me, I want to be an oasis of God's mercy for them. Mm. And to have that as our uh, mentality, and that means pardoning offenses, not holding grudges, Mm -hmm. um, letting go of anger or wrath Mm -hmm. or revenge, because those things don't allow us to experience God's mercy or give it. and uh, yeah, this is being being merciful. That as God has shown us mercy in our own sinfulness and brokenness, that those who we encounter, um, especially those closest to us, yes, they are broken, and yes, they're going to make mistakes, and yes, we are all going to sin. Right. But living in that that mentality of like, I want to be a vessel for the mercy of God to flow yes. in me, and so it Amen. is a way of life to take up. Mm-hmm. So as we sort of near the end, one of my so our into the chariot is a moment where we give one piece of homework 
so mm-hmm. to speak. And so there is a beautiful prayer in the um, in St. Faustina's diary. It's called A Prayer of Transformation from Within. And um, it is beautiful. It's kind of long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will put it in the show notes. So my Into the Chariot is look at that prayer. If you can make it part of your um, prayer routine every day, that's great. I mean, it really is beautiful about, mm-hmm. uh, Lord, um, let my ears be merciful, my eyes be merciful. Um, and it just goes through this litany of like ways that I can be a channel of mercy. And it is beautiful, and you can find it in our show notes. Sweet. And mine is... Uh to put the divine mercy image in your home, if it is just you know a little prayer card or um, just having it in a visible place, especially during the Triduum um, and leading up to the Feast of Divine Mercy, just as a as a reminder um, of that great gift that that God wants to give us. And if you can do pray the Divine Mercy Novena, if you're hearing this on a Wednesday or Thursday, you have time to prepare. <laughs> or if you're jumping in late, that's fine too. Um, but to, to at least pray the chaplet, um, and if you can do the whole Novena, that's great. Um, and we'll, in the show notes, we'll also put, um, the other resources that, that we would recommend. I know one book that Mickey and I were reading in preparation for this Mm -hmm. was the book Divine Mercy for Moms. That's great. Um, yeah, we've got it here. Both of us. So if you're looking on YouTube, (laughs) (laughs) it is excellent. Um, excellent. And I think we're going to do another podcast Mm -hmm. episode, uh, yeah, based off of that. Um, but this has been awesome, yeah. Mickey. And Leo, you did pretty he good. He was a you trooper. I know, he did you great. Did pretty good. And as always, like this is um, – our, our podcast is, uh, it's been a lot of fun to develop uh, mm-hmm. just with the other team members. I think we're looking forward to hopefully some crossover episodes. Crossover episodes. <laughs> I'm really excited <laughs> about those. Um, so you've got Dr. Jasenkos, um, Bishop Strickland, uh, Doug Berry, Father Braun. Um, by the time this comes out, we might have a Dr. Luke mm-hmm. Arredondo, yeah. um, our director of faith formation. Um, but we also just encourage you to submit questions because one of the things that we'll be doing um, in the Easter season and moving into the summer is some Q and A uh, episodes, yeah. um, and so we want your questions. So feel free to email us at podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. Um, another way that you can uh, help us out is by giving this uh, a rating on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, that way yeah. more people will discover the St. Philip Institute <laughs> podcast. And you can visit our website, which looks amazing, yeah. stphilipinstitute.org. Um, yeah. Yeah. And one way you can give alms this uh, Lent is to share our podcast with yeah. family members and friends. Yes. So, um so I think that's all we have then for today. Leo, man, you Leo did awesome. Done. He's done. Good so we money. will now close out with an apostolic blessing from the bishop. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.